All right, here we are. It is Sunday, and typically Sundays mean I provide you, the listeners, with my UFC post-fight reaction show. And this is one of my favorite shows that I do post a big UFC pay-per-view event, pay-per-view event or post a big fight, whether it's Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury or whether it is Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero, or whether it is Weili Zhang versus Yoani Jacek. So, I have a lot to say in regards to last night's fights. And some of it is positive. And some of it is negative. You guys decide, you the listeners decide, what percentage is negative What percentage is positive? I think last night, UFC 248, Saturday night, this past Saturday, I think was one of the most interesting events in recent memory. And I say interesting with a hint of sarcasm. Interesting in the fact that the fights last night overall were fairly good. But that main event fight, as always, the last fight of the night, is the last one that you remember. It is the quote-unquote biggest fight. It has the last names of both fighters attached to the poster, to the promotion, whether it's the press conferences, the weigh-ins. It's the main event. And when you have a co-main event, that delivered as well as Weili Zhang versus Yuanion Jacek did. And then you have a main event that doesn't deliver in the way that Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero did. It, it didn't deliver it at all. You say to yourself, this was a bad night for the UFC. Not even in terms of the entertainment value or lack thereof, but a bad night in the fact that Post this fight, my first thought while walking back to my car to drive home last night after watching the fights, I'm recording this on a Sunday, so most of you that hear this will be listening to it on a Monday, but beyond the fights being over, I thought to myself, the women's title fight should have been the main event. But Israel Adesanya being the Surging superstar that he is, he gets the main event. Understandable, you know, the middleweight division, UFC middleweight division has been around a lot longer. But that fight, Weili Zhang versus Yuanion Jacek, performed up to the caliber of it being a main event. That was a true world championship title fight, which I doubted whether or not Yuana could deliver that to us based on some of her recent performances, albeit also in title fights against Ruz Namajunas and Valentina Shevchenko. It's not like Joanna is fighting scrubs out there. She's fighting, you know, the, the elite of the elite, the best of the best. And Wei Li Zhang is one tough fighter. I mean, any questions that anyone could have had at any point about Wei Li Zhang, I think were answered in a very positive, affirmative way that, this fighter is the real deal. I mean, in terms of what you expect from two fighters and how they bring it or don't bring it, 
they brought it and then some. This was a back and forth, toe to toe battle that I think even putting it in that category is selling it short. This was a fight that was a lot more than that. This was a fight that wasn't just a back and forth, toe to toe battle. This was a fight where both fighters were looking to prove how worth it they are. Weili Zhang was looking to prove how worth it she is as a champion. And Yoani Onjacek was looking to prove how worth it she is as a contender and as a hopeful future champion again. Yoani Onjacek has referred to herself as Yoana Champion ever since she lost the title to Rose Namajunas. She believes that she's the champion. Still, as, as odd as that is, as a little bit eccentric as that is, she believes that. Well, she put herself in that category as being a, a top flight contender, just right. I mean, razor, and, and that just shows you razor thin decision like that, a split decision that just shows you, I think, in sports history, you take any sport and how it has evolved. No facet of any sport has evolved faster than women's mixed martial arts. A genre, if you will, within the sport that Dana White said would never exist, would never happen. This would never happen and ever, ever, ever. Dana White said this would never happen. Women fighting in the UFC. Ronda Rousey comes along. And you get Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey, and then you get rivalries, you get great fighters, and fighters like Holly Holm break out, fighters like Amanda Nunes break out, Valentina Shevchenko, and Yoani Ojechek, and Rose, and Wei Li Zhang. I mean, you have so many superstars in a short six, seven year period within the UFC as far as women's MMA athletes. And the big talking point of this Weili Zhang, Yuani and Jacek fight, as we look back on it, although it was less than 24 hours ago, where does this fight rank in women's MMA history? Let's cut the crap with that. Let's stop saying women's MMA. Let's say MMA. Because these women have fought tooth and nail, literally, to be considered... MMA fighters, not women's MMA fighters, but realm within the same purpose, I guess you could say, within the octagon. The purpose of it is the same. So saying women's MMA, yeah, women's MMA, I think gives it a distinction that it deserves. But I think in this case, in this particular case, with Yuani Ojechek and Weili Zhang, after that fight, you can't say that this was the best women's MMA fight of all time. I think you can say that this was one of the best MMA fights of all time. For women, of course, this fight puts the, the, the women's MMA on a new level. It, it raises the bar. And for me, myself, Ryan Thomas of the Thomas Take Sports Podcast, of all the fights that I have covered within the last four or five years of this show, that fight really meant something. That fight, you could see the exchange of not just the physicality 
between Wei Li and Joanna. But you could see that, that there was something there. They both knew what they were doing in that octagon and, and what it meant to women's MMA and what it meant to one another's careers. There was a true moment in the fight early on where both fighters looked at each other like, we know we're going to be in here for another 20, 25 minutes. We know that. So let's just let it all out and find out who's better in 25 minutes because Whaley was not going down. Joanna was not going down. And that's what we did. We find out who was better after 25 minutes. And that brings you to my next point. When recapping both the co-main and main event of UFC 248. And folks, I'm Ryan Thomas. Thank you so much for tuning in. Did not introduce, if I didn't introduce myself, I'm just so pumped up to be on, to be recording, and, and to be live. Um, or, or be, a, be a show that you guys can tune into and, and rely on each and every UFC event each and every combat sports event as the voice and face of the MMA and boxing side of things within the Trainwreck Sports brand. I definitely can say that I cannot believe, for the life of me, I cannot believe why any judge would, or not why any judge, why any fight fan would be furious in any way over the decision between Wei Li Zhang and Yuani on Jacek. To me personally, I truly felt that Wei Li won that fight three rounds to two. Going into the fifth and final round, I truly believed that Wei Li was winning the fight in that fifth round. Whoever won that fifth round was going to win, and I thought Wei Li won it. Did Yuana show up? 100%. Is Ioana one of the best fighters in the world still to this very day? Of course. Of course. A dynamic in the fight that I severely underestimated was a dynamic that Wei Li Zhang couldn't clinch with Ioana Ion Jacek. Wei Li Zhang clinched very easily with just Gondraj. But with Ioana Ion Jacek, she just couldn't do it because Ioana is a Muay Thai fighter. She knows the clinch. She knows how to work it, get in it, get out of it, neutralize it, work to be in dominant positions from the clinch. Whaley was not clinching with her. So this was going to be a stand-up kickboxing war. And that is exactly what we, what we saw last night. So for all the negative things I'm about to say in, in regards to the main event, I really wanted to give that fight its due. Um, as far as what's next for Whaley Zhang and Yuani on Jacek, obviously you saw that fight and how gruesome of a fight that was. I would only assume that Whaley Zhang... And Ioanni on Jacek will probably be out for the next five to six, seven months. And if that's the case, um, you figure out who the next title challenger is between Jessica Andraj and Rose Namajunas. And I would like to think that it would probably be Rose, but Andraj beat her before. And who knows? Anything can happen. But... It'd be really tough for me. You're kind of in a predicament here within the UFC brand because Ioana and Wei Li will be on ice for a long time. Will they be resting up only to fight each other again? I don't know. It's possible. But if nobody really sets themselves apart in that strawweight division and stakes their own claim at being the next number one contender for Wei Li Zhang's UFC World Strawweight title belt, then 
I would easily see that fight happening again somewhere down the road. And that's why I can't be frustrated over a, a close decision in a very close fight. Guys, girls, when you get frustrated over a decision that's close, that's that close, it could have went either way. Was I frustrated that Dominic Reyes didn't get the decision against John Jones? I was. I felt like he did enough to win the fight. I didn't feel like Joanna did enough to win the fight. I thought it was very close, but I had Whaley winning it based on pressure, and she did land some really hard punches. There were moments in the fight where Joanna was backing up, where she was moving side to side, where I, dare I say, dare I say, felt like Joanna was running away from her a little bit in the first, second round. But either way, I think the judges got this one right for once. I think this was a 48-47 split decision for Wei Zhang. Those are my thoughts on the Komen event. As far as the main event, this fight in particular was one that really needed to fire on all cylinders. You have a surging young name in the game. Is he that young? No, but I mean young in terms of the the fans and the exposure that he has. Is Israel Adesanya a big star? Yes, but this was the first title offense in his career. And he goes up against Yoel Romero, who he picked, who Israel picked. Said, I want to fight that guy. He fights him. And, guys, I got to tell you, I'll, I'll come right out and say it. This was one of the worst fights in, in recent memory. And as they say when two people are wrong, a saying goes, takes two to tango. It takes two to tango in this case. Because one guy didn't want to fight. The other guy wanted to fight, but he didn't want to get caught. Rio Romero, honestly, this was one of the most egregious, ridiculous, challenger performances from a world UFC title fight that I have ever seen. First round comes out, stands straight up like a, like a board. I mean, it was so, so odd. Moments where Yo Romero could have really made um, some nice switches and some nice reverses and to make some things happen, and, and he just decided not to even engage. It's like, well, if Israel Adesanya's not getting engaged, Israel's not going to engage. He's a very smart, cerebral fighter. So literally, the styles of both of these guys canceled itself out, and you have a, a, a fight that featured two guys that were just gawking at one another. And and here's another thing, guys. I am super exhausted, super tired. And it's due to the fact that on the East Coast, the fights are on the main card at like 10. Main card has a lot of fights on it. If those fights go the full 15 minutes, you got the the promos, you got this, you got that. The UFC has to fix that. The UFC has to make these events an hour earlier or or fix it in some way because this is really bad. I went out last night to watch the fights and I looked around and people were were literally falling asleep in booths, falling asleep in chairs. That, That shouldn't happen. The fight should be captivating enough to keep the people awake, first off, but second, you know, you got this predicament it's a it's a huge predicament 
between the UFC and and the East Coast. You got to figure this out. Whether it messes up the West or, or whatever, you, you have to figure this out. I didn't get home last night until 3 a.m. So I'm running on like five, six, seven hours of sleep. It is what it is. But that's the stuff that I deal with when I watch these events. And obviously, me being me, I want to watch every single event that I can possibly watch. But hey, it, it is what it is. Sometimes you, you're driving home from it. I'm, I was riding past you. Thank God I closed my eyes. And I just fell right I fell right asleep after one of the events. I mean, you need that Red Bull kick of energy while watching one of these events that's very bad. So Dana White came out and he said a few things in the wake of this catastrophically bad main event. And, and how was this fight bad? I'll get to that. But Dana White came out and said that it was probably a mistake that they put Israel Adesanya in there with Yo Romero. Dana is so wrong on this. It wasn't the fact that they made the fight. The fight made sense. The fight made a lot of sense. It wasn't the fact they made the fight. It was the fact that Yo Romero didn't want to fight. Yo Romero, this is your last title shot that you will ever have in the UFC. And you go out there and you fight like just a complete moron for the lack of a better term. And it is what it is. It is what it is. You have a lot of contenders in this division that are ready, willing, and able to take on Israel Adesanya, Paulo Costa, the most obvious one. But to me, my biggest takeaway of the night is the fact that I honestly do not want to watch a fight featuring Yo Romero. I'm over it. I'm tired of it. This guy has done a lot of things to actually hurt the UFC while competing in the octagon. Tim Kennedy fight, this fight. I mean, go watch Tim Kennedy, Yo Romero. Yo Romero's on the stool for like 15 minutes. It, it was it was unreal. Unreal. So a part of me is like, what do you expect? But another part of me is like, that shouldn't happen ever. Ever. That shouldn't happen. But it did. A stalemate from the first round on, and Israel Adesanya got the decision. Now, while Yo Romero was probably the biggest loser, being that he lost the title fight to Israel Adesanya, Israel Adesanya, long-term, or I should say short-term right now, is the biggest loser from that, from that card. And I say that with respect in the sense that you needed that dance partner to help elevate you. You needed that guy... That would bring about your your skills and strengths and show the world what what you're capable of. Yo Romero is not that guy, and he never has been that guy. So they made a big mistake as far as putting Yo Romero in this fight. In that sense, um, the styles I feel are what makes a fight. Israel Adesanya didn't want to get caught. So he was cautious where Yo Romero was trying to get Israel Adesanya to step in and catch him with something really hard. And I think that that's the best way I can describe it. Best way I can describe it. 
Israel Adesanya is a stud. He is a superstar. He is that next caliber guy. No one is debating that. But what we, but what we are debating is how much stock or how much did Israel Adesanya's stock grow today or yesterday? Probably not much. Probably not much. Maybe just based on the fact that he was the headliner. But other than that, watch. I'm talking about watching that particular fight. It's not one of his best performances. We have to really take into, take into consideration that Yo Romero is 42. He's a little bit older, a little bit long in the tooth. But at the same time, they praise him for his genetics. They praise him for everything. This dude gets gassed six minutes into a fight. This dude is... It's just, it, it, it literally happens every fight. Yo Romero does this every fight, and yet people wonder, why? Or how, or how did that happen? That's how he fights. The Robert Whitaker fights, they, they were okay. The Tim Kennedy fight, he did this. And then Israel Adesanya, he does this. On a bigger stage, biggest stage possible, you fight like that. You fight like that. And for me, it was literally 48-47. Who gives a shit? I didn't care who won that fight. I didn't care why the fighter won the fight. I just wanted it off my TV screen. Didn't want to watch the fight anymore. Didn't want to see what was next. Didn't want any of it. Didn't care. I usually like to hear what these guys have to say after they fight. But after that... No, I'm good. I'm okay. I don't need it. I'm fine. Israel Adesanya has a lot of repairing to do as far as his image. I've I've watched so many videos of Israel Adesanya, and he talks about John Jones constantly. He talks about how John Jones is the guy that he wants to fight and all that. Izzy, I'm sorry. Please stop. Please stop talking about John Jones. Enough is enough. You had one title offense, and it was very lackluster. You got a long way to go before you fight a fighter like that. So Dana White's talking about, well, if he gets past you all, if he gets past Costa, if he gets past... It's like, come on, Dana. Come on. Just for once, just let these guys prove themselves before we put them in fights they're not ready for. Let's do that. Let's try that. And I think that it was a bad night for the UFC in the sense that Israel Adesanya is supposed to be like that next big superstar. For to have that fight happen the way it did, it didn't help the UFC. It certainly didn't help Israel Adesanya. And his explanation for the fight, the, the explanations that these guys provided, well, this happened, this happened. Israel Adesanya says something in, in you all's face as the round's as the bell final bell closes, as the final bell is wrong, I guess I should say, and I mean, these guys are yelling in each other's faces. Where was that aggression during the fight? I didn't see it. I didn't see any of it. We get a lot of questions as far as fight fans. One fight fan asked me, Ryan. 
Tony and Abib, how do you see that fight going down? Well, I honestly think in my recent memory, I've never been more confident that this fight will be a war. This fight has been years in the making. Habib really doesn't have finishing ability on the ground as far as knockout power. Um, But Tony can knock you out anywhere. I think these guys are going to fight any and every anywhere and everywhere in this fight within every discipline. Tony and Abib are really going to tear it up. And if that ends up happening, if I end up being right, literally yawning on the air because of the fight ending so late last night. Um, if it ends up being a war like I think it's going to be, I think Tony's going to win. I really do. I think if this fight ends up being a war, that Tony is going to win. Another Habib question. Ryan, how come Habib is not rematching Connor? Well, Connor has a little bit to go. He just got off that win over Cerrone in January. Now he's got to get another win under the win column. I'm ready to see him fight now. I do not want to wait for him to fight the winner of Habib and um, Tony Ferguson. I want to see Connor fight a Gaethje. I want to see Connor fight someone that is tough. And I want to see him stay active. He was gone for too long for a lot of stupid reasons. Um, but it is what it is. He's back now. He's got a win in 2020. And we'll see who they put him up against. But there you have it, everybody. UFC 248, my post-fight reaction show. Israel Adesanya, Yoel Romero, one of the worst fights in history. Yoani Jacek versus Li Zhang, one of the best fights in history. You definitely go out on a limb and say that one of the oddest cards I've ever watched in UFC history. And I've watched a lot of them. I'm Ryan Thomas. It was the Thomas Take. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take care.